The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed with host and author of the award-winning book of the same name, Lisa Lutan. Lisa has amazing tips to help you slow down, get healthy, manage your time, improve your relationships, and deal with stress. Now, here is Lisa Lutan. Hey everyone, welcome. I have an amazing show for you today. With Thanksgiving coming up next week, it's hard not to be thinking about food. Of course, I think about food all the time anyway, which is why I wrote the book, Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. But some of you may only think about food when you're about to eat it, and then go grab whatever's available in that moment, which probably means it's not the healthiest choice. I know, I hear from my coaching clients all the time. Some of you don't like to feel deprived, some of you still think it's about willpower. I also know that some of you are just confused over what is healthy and what isn't, and how you can eat healthy and still think your food is delicious. Well, you're in the right place, because today we're going to be talking with the creator of the F-Factor Diet, Tanya Zuckerbrot, and then later with clean food guru, Terry Walters. Both have individually helped thousands of people learn to eat in a healthy way, without feeling deprived. Let's start with Tanya. As the authority on fiber, Tanya Zuckerbrot has been revolutionizing the world of nutrition and weight loss. She's one of the highest paid dietitians in the country and is transforming people's perspectives on dieting and giving them the tools to improve their health and self-esteem without the typical feelings of deprivation and denial. Tanya is a huge advocate of eating healthy carbs, which is a huge deal because today's dieting world is all about carb-free. And she's also the author of two best-selling weight loss books, The F-Factor Diet and The Miracle Carb Diet. Yes, carb lovers rejoice. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you for that amazing introduction. It's so, so nice to have you here. Tanya, before we start delving, I ask every guest my Lisa five questions. So question number one, what did you have for breakfast today? I had Greek yogurt, bran buds which is a high-fiber cereal, and a cup of blueberries, and a cup of coffee. What is, your favorite, for me. <laughs> what is your favorite form of exercise? Um, I like to do weight-resistant activity to maintain muscle mass. What's a habit you're trying to either break or add? I'm sorry, can you repeat that, Lisa? Sure. What's a habit that you're either trying to add to your life or break? Oh, I lose everything, so I'm trying to become more mindful of where I'm at and what I have you know, on me before I leave anywhere. I've lost too many cell phones in the past year. <laughs> How do you spend the first hour of your day? Um, with my kids, getting them ready and off to school. And who is someone in your life that truly inspires you? My grandma, Claire. She'll be turning 102 this December. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's so cool. So, Tanya, tell everybody, how did you end up doing this amazing work that you're doing? How'd you get started? Um, Yeah, well, um, you know, as your listeners heard through your introduction, I'm widely recognized for successfully helping people to lose weight. But I did not intend to end up in the weight loss space. When I finished my residency, which I had fulfilled at New York University, um, I really had intended for my practice to remain in the clinical setting. I wanted to apply nutrition intervention to patient populations where I felt I could have the most impact from a health perspective where we could take um, diseases and reverse them through dietary intervention. So my focus primarily was on cardiovascular and diabetic patients, recognizing that the diet really can impact those patients um, a, a Diet, when it comes to cardiovascular disease, can improve lipid profiles and get patients off of their statin drugs. And for diabetic patients, proper diet can actually reverse type 2 diabetes and certainly help manage type 1. So when I went into private practice, I had reached out to cardiologists and endocrinologists on the Upper East Side where um, I lived 
and um, I had explained how I could work as an extension of their teams. And these doctors did send a few patients to me. And my job um, was to create diet plans that would enhance the medical care they were already receiving. And after three months, they would return to the endocrinologist and the cardiologist to see if we, um, there were improvements you know, in their blood workup. And across the board, all the cardiovascular patients um, had seen improvements in their lipid profile, so much so that many of them were able to get off of their Lipitor or their Zocor, one of their statins. And many of the diabetic patients were seeing vast improvements in their hemoglobin A1C, which is the measurement to control sugars. Um, What we hadn't anticipated was that almost all the clients were losing weight. So even I was scratching my head saying, why is everyone losing weight? Because I hadn't set out to produce weight loss. I I had set out to improve their health. And when I looked at the common thread between these two very distinct diets, the diets that I created for cardiovascular patients were on minimizing saturated fat in the diet, um, enhancing monounsaturated fats. For the diabetic patients, I was looking at um, minimizing refined sugars. I realized that, in essence, I really created two very high-fiber diets. I was giving the cardiovascular patients a lot of fiber because fiber binds with cholesterol and naturally pulls it out of the body, um, therefore lowering total cholesterol levels. I was giving the diabetic patients a lot of fiber because fiber would slow down digestion and therefore slow down the entry of sugar into the bloodstream. So what I hadn't anticipated was that these high-fiber diets were keeping these patients feeling so full throughout the day that they were naturally eating less, and that was leading to weight loss without hunger. And because I was working in outpatient setting, Lisa, my clients were still going to social gatherings, um, you know, to family affairs, and certainly to their office. The weight loss was evident. So I started getting phone calls from their colleagues and their friends and their family members saying, hey, I'm friends with John or I'm friends with Jane. My sugars are fine or my cholesterol is fine, but can I get the weight loss part of what he or she did? And that really was the birth of my practice moving into the weight loss space. So I love I love hearing people's stories, and that is so cool. And I think that, you know, this whole fiber thing, people hear fiber, fiber, and I think there's some confusion around fiber. Like some people think, oh, I'll eat more bran muffins. And some people are like, oh, I'll eat more cauliflower. Can you explain to our listeners just, you know, what is, a, what is healthy fiber? What does it look like? And there's some different forms of it. And what's sure. the kind we're looking for? You know, um, and I think maybe many of your listeners, you know, have perhaps, if they haven't turned off the show yet, they might be thinking, oh, I don't want to hear about a high-fiber diet because it certainly isn't the most sexy nutrient around. But it's so much more than just Metamucil and prunes. And I think that's where um, we have an opportunity to really educate your listeners and inspire them to eat more fiber, recognizing that they don't have to minimize the joy in their life or eat foods that are tasteless or gritty. Um, so fiber is, is found in many, many foods that you can get at your local farmer's market or supermarket. You, they're not based on fancy ingredients um, or fancy foods that are cost prohibitive, unlike some other weird diets that you know people embrace. Fiber is found in fruits. For example, raspberries have eight cups, eight grams of fiber per cup. It's found in vegetables. An artichoke has six grams of fiber. Broccoli has five grams of fiber. It's found in whole grains, everything from whole wheat breads, whole wheat wraps, um, and whole wheat pasta, brown rice, and legumes such as beans. Um, and, uh, you know, chickpeas. So there are so many naturally high fiber, naturally containing fiber rich foods, um, that many of us are probably ready eating, but maybe just not enough of them. So when you talk about eating high fiber, are you specifically saying, and you talk a lot about eating carbs too, are yes. you saying we should be eating our carbs in the forms of these fruits and vegetables, or should we be eating carbs as most people think of them like, you know, breads and grains and that type of thing? Okay, so that's a great question because so many people have cut out carbs in an attempt to lose weight. Yet I want your listeners to pause for a minute and think about cultures where they eat carbs every day, where in China they predominantly eat a diet that's high in rice, where in France they eat baguettes and croissants, where in Italy they eat pasta every day. And none of these nations have the instance of obesity that we do, but we're blaming the carbs. So one of the things that we do in our private practice and when we work with clients is we really educate our clients. We want them to understand how the body works, and we want to dispel many myths that people um, have bought into which have left them frustrated and, frankly, overweight. And one of them is carbs do not make you fat. And I will say that again. Carbs do not make you fat. What I will then follow it with is that carbs eat in excess, Lisa, of what our bodies can store as glycogen, which is the end result of carbohydrate metabolism. That is what causes weight gain. Now, fiber is the indigestible part of the carbohydrates. 
So the more fiber you eat, the fewer net carbs that get converted into sugar. So eating high fiber carbs is the trick to eating carbs without weight gain. But what about all this gluten? You know, talk gluten-free this, gluten-free that. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, unless you have been diagnosed with celiac or you know firsthand because you're wildly symptomatic, everything from feeling bloated and distended, um, you know, those are really the only reasons either you have celiac or gluten sensitivity to cut out gluten. Um, Gluten is not unhealthy if you don't have um, an issue with it. And in fact, when people embrace a gluten-free diet in an effort just to mask that they're trying to cut carbs out of their diet because, right, if you're gluten-free, it means you can't have pasta or, or cake or rice or bread. Well, you can have rice, excuse me, but bread or many of the carbs that we associate with weight gain. Um, what ends up happening is that you end up with a diet that, frankly, is devoid of many essential vitamins and nutrients. Um, often, um, those clients suffer from constipation because they have no fiber in their diet and their diet, frankly, doesn't taste that great. Gluten-free products do not taste as good as products with gluten. I mean, gluten-free breads, gluten-free cereals, people tolerate them because they're looking for a substitution, but often these products have more fat and more sodium than their traditional counterparts because when you remove the gluten, you remove a lot of the taste. So often these products actually have more calories. So often I find people waddling into my office who have embraced the gluten-free lifestyle and effort to lose weight, and it's only resulted in them gaining weight and feeling constipated. So, like I said, if your listeners have a gluten sensitivity or they have celiac, we have a gluten-free version of that factor, and we've scoured the shelves for every high-fiber source of gluten-free foods that are available because that is probably the biggest issue with people who are gluten-free is they have no fiber in their diet, and either they're hungry all the time or they're constipated or a combination of both, or they're gaining weight. Yeah, there are all those gluten-free crappy products out there that people yeah. think, oh, I'm going to eat this and it's so good. And they're, they're filled with horrible ingredients. So And tons of what? carbs. You know, just because yeah. something's gluten-free doesn't mean it's carb-free. Or sugar-free. And that's or a big issue. Or sugar-free, for yeah. sure. So what would like... free either. Let's walk through a day of what like a, a healthy day of eating would look like for somebody doing a factor. Sure. Um, You know, one of the greatest things about F-Factor is that our patients sometimes complain that they're actually too full, you know, that, you know, the fiber is making them so full they can't even eat everything that's offered on the meal plan. And I laugh because if they only knew that the diet is so low in calories, which is why it's producing so much weight, but they don't recognize it because even though we create a caloric deficit, the fiber is fooling their body to thinking that they're eating a ton of calories because fiber takes up volume. And when your stomach stretches, it sends a message to your brain that you're full. So we make sure our clients eat breakfast, lunch, a snack, and dinner. So what does a breakfast look like? Well, it's typically a choice of two options. The first one is the one that I had this morning, which is a Greek yogurt, and there are so many great um, Greek yogurts on the market, Chobani, Faye. Um, You could have a Greek yogurt with a high-fiber cereal. Uh, My favorites are Fiber One. Half a cup is 14 grams of fiber, or all-brand brand buds, that's 13 grams of fiber. And then we... um, encourage them to eat a cup of berries, strawberries, blueberries, or blackberries. So that breakfast, a Greek yogurt, half a cup of cereal, and a cup of berries, that's 22 grams of belly-filling fiber, and it's less than 200 calories. So you're going to meet half of your fiber needs before lunch, um, but your calories are low, and yet this breakfast could not be more nutrient-dense. You're getting fiber and all the B vitamins in the cereal. You're getting calcium and protein in the yogurt, and you're getting antioxidants and fiber in the fruit. So that that breakfast scores 100 on a scale of 1 to 100. It, it could not be healthier for your listeners. The other breakfast is any protein based um, paired with um, uh, the high-fiber crackers that we recommend. And you may or may not know about these crackers, but it's called the GG brand crisp bread. The reason I recommend these crackers is because it has more fiber and fewer net carbs than any bread or cracker um, substitute on the marketplace. So our patients eat four crackers paired with a protein. The protein could be some smoked salmon with tomato and onion. You know, instead of a bagel, you're going to use four of these crunchy high-fiber crackers. Or you can make up an omelet, put in some spinach, mushrooms, some onions, a little bit of cheese, pair that with four crackers. You could even do a cup of cottage cheese with four crackers. If you like it savory, with a little bit of sliced tomato. If you prefer it a little sweet, sprinkle some cinnamon um, and some non-nutrient sweetener in there or just have it plain. Um, so there are so many delicious ways of pairing a protein, you know, with those crackers for breakfast, but those are some of the most popular choices. 
Yeah, they all sound amazing. So are you a fan of smoothies at all? Um, I, I encourage my clients to make smoothies with the ingredients that would have gone into their breakfast. So, you know, take a Greek yogurt, put some fruit in there, put half a cup of the high-fiber cereal in, and then you have a well-rounded breakfast. What I'm not a fan are, of are smoothies that, um, you know, that present themselves as being healthy, but they're calorie bombs and sometimes full of fat and sugars. Um, and sometimes it's just a glorified milkshake. You know, when you have a cacao, you know, raspberry, you know, peanut butter smoothie for breakfast, it's, you know, sometimes you, you're better off taking a pint of Ben and Jerry's and melting it and drinking <laughs> it with a straw. So, you know, if you are going to have a smoothie, I would always recommend that there's at least one scoop of a protein powder, whether it's a pea powder, an egg powder, a whey protein powder, um, some berries in there for antioxidants. Um, You can use some water or you can use a milk, but to be careful because milk is a carbohydrate. So, you know, it's... Tanya, we have to get a break right now, but I'm actually really intrigued and I want to continue this discussion right after the break. Everybody stay tuned. I'm talking with celebrity nutritionist Tanya Zuckerbrot. She's teaching us wonderful things about fiber. So stay tuned after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's HealthyHappyAndHip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. Feel like sending an email instead? Send it to Lisa at HealthyHappyAndHip.com. Now, back to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Here again is Lisa Lutan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm talking with Tanya Zuckerbrot, celebrity nutritionist. And before we go back to talking about some healthy meals, I just want to share that Tanya and I actually grew up in the same town, (laughs) but we didn't know each other. But somewhere along the way, we became Facebook friends. And now I have the opportunity to see her gorgeous pictures. And I really, really tell you, you should like follow her on Instagram because she's gorgeous and her food is gorgeous. Her family is gorgeous. (laughs) And I I really get a secret thrill seeing Tanya's oh, life, Lisa, and I know you, you will, too. So sweet. So, nice to see us great neck girls stick together. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Tanya, before the break, we were talking about healthy meals, and you shared with us about healthy breakfast. Can you tell us maybe it's just like a healthy lunch and dinner? Because I know people love hearing, you know, Absolutely. what you eat and what other healthy yes. people are eating. No, my pleasure. We definitely want to get through the day. Where we got cut off, though, because I just want to make a point. We're talking about these smoothies. You know, I've been doing a lot of lecturing lately, and the topic has been healthy eating versus healthy eating for weight management. There are so many healthy foods out there, but in, if we, it, that, but they're not always great for weight management. So, for example, when people think about these smoothies, Lisa, we're just talking about where all the ingredients are all natural. If it's hundreds of calories. Your body only needs so many calories in a day, even if they're coming from the healthiest food sources, and we still can gain weight from healthy foods, including avocados and, and oils and nuts. So I'm not saying not to eat these foods, but to eat them in moderation or to recognize that it's a mindful indulgence. But many foods that are, quote-unquote, healthy don't support weight management. 
I think that's such an important point, especially from a person who has a problem with almond butter, <laughs> a little bit of an addiction <laughs> over here. And uh, yeah, so, we do have to remember. I, mean, I see it all. I see the almond butter. I see the peanut butter. I see avocado. I see bowls of nuts. I see olive oil. And, and, I, and I understand that these foods are very healthy, but one tablespoon of olive oil is 135 calories. If a client could remove a tablespoon of olive oil from their diet, by the end of a year, that would result in 10 pounds of weight loss. So, you know, we, we, we sometimes think that these things are innocuous, but they really do add up. So my job is to educate you, and then this way you are empowered to make mindful choices. You know, as I said, it's up to you. The fork is in your hand. What's at the edge of it, whether it's going to be pasta or lettuce, is up to you. My job, though, is to offer you scientific-based evidence that explains how your body gains and loses weight, and then to offer you a plan that supports your goals. But anyway, but to finish up your day... Um, um, lunch, um, like all other S-factor meals, is always a combination of fiber and protein. Those are the two nutrients that keep you feeling fullest for the longest period of time, which is why when I went to private practice, remember I said all my cardiovascular and diabetic patients were losing weight without hunger. So if you focus on fiber and protein at every meal, you can keep the calories as low as possible, keep the nutrient density, meaning the vitamins and nutrients in the meal, as high as possible, and produce weight loss without hunger. So what would be an example? Well, I love sushi, and many people do, but... One sushi roll, Lisa, like a California roll, is the equivalent of taking two pieces of Wonder Bread and, and rolling it out and then wrapping up your fish in it. And that shocks people. And that is shocking. I'm me, shocked. And that's because one cup of rice is the equivalent to three slices of bread in their carbohydrate content. And I would say most sushi rolls are made with at least two-thirds of a cup of rice when you see them take the seaweed. So when you go out for lunch and you get two sushi rolls for lunch, you know, one cucumber roll, one salmon roll, that's the equivalent of four slices of bread. That's crazy. So it, it's crazy. So the way that I could enjoy sushi, um, and we have a sushi restaurant in my building, so I go down a lot. I begin with a miso soup. That's 30 calories. There's a little bit of seaweed in there typically, and that adds a little bit of fiber. Then I follow that with a salad with the ginger dressing. And then I will follow with hand rolls, um, which are wrapped in seaweed, but I say no rice. Or you could do a Naruto roll, which is wrapped in cucumber, or you could do sashimi. But I've gotten fiber now from the seaweed and from the salad, and I've gotten protein from the fish. So this shows you that an F factor, you're not just, you don't just have to have a salad every day or you have to have steamed chicken and vegetables. There is a way of dining out for business or for pleasure, being present, you know, in, in your life, um, as I said, professionally or socially, and not sacrifice flavor but still honor your interests and looking and feeling your very best. You know, I love that you have such an emphasis on real life living because I find that, you know, with my clients even, they're like, oh, I'm fine at home. But when I go out in the world and I socialize, that's when it all falls apart. And I think just what you're saying, if we can learn how to take these tools with us into, you know, dining out or into parties or whatever, that's where, you know, that's the where the challenge lies for so many 100%. of us. 100%. And that is, I, I believe that is the secret to F-Factor success, is that we recognize that our clients work hard and play hard. And our clients have worked hard to achieve the lifestyles that they had. I mean, they traveled for business. They traveled for pleasure. They dine out all the time. They don't want to sacrifice that. Yet, they're in search of a way of eating that will allow them to look and feel their best while living that life. Um, and I don't want my clients sitting home with a frozen diet dinner if they could be at Nobu with their, you know, with their friends. So... S-Factor encourages clients to dine out from day one, whether it's Indian, Chinese, um, French food, or even just your local you know, diner or deli. There is not a restaurant that we cannot find something on the menu that fits the F-Factor program. It does take a, a little bit of thoughtfulness, but you are always going to be present. You never have to um, you know, stay home rather than being present. And, and my whole purpose, why I do what I do is, you know, our saying is, I want to change your life without changing your lifestyle. I want to enhance your life, not minimize your quality of life. I want to empower you. I want to inspire you. I don't want you feeling burdened by your decision to eat this way. It should feel the opposite. You should feel excited to get started on the F-Factor program and start looking your best and feeling your best. And, you know, the space of weight loss is, is, is really entrenched with negative feelings, deprivation, denial, and hunger. And F-Factor, we, we have four disruptive principles that probably sound counterintuitive to you and your listeners. You know, in the, in the space of weight loss, what are you hearing? Don't eat carbs, don't dine out, don't drink alcohol, and you have to commit to a really vigorous exercise program. And perhaps if you're willing to do one of those things or a combination of all four or maybe even all four, then you'll lose weight. 
And the answer is, Lisa, maybe you will, but it's certainly not going to be sustainable. So at S-Factor, we have four principles that produce weight loss without hunger and I think allow our patients to really enhance their quality of life. Our patients get to dine out from day one. They get to eat carbs from day one. They get to drink cocktails from day one. And we actually encourage that they work out less. We educate them on the relationship that they should have with exercise. And it's not what we've been encouraged to believe. In this country, Lisa, we have more gyms than any nation in the world. And we are the fattest nation in the world. I do not have an anti-exercise platform. You asked me what kinds of exercise I like to do. And I said I like to weight train. It's important for men and women to maintain our muscle mass. Beginning at age 30, men lose a pound of muscle per year. Women lose half a pound of muscle per year. And that's one of the reasons our metabolism is slowing down. Therefore, if we don't want our metabolism to slow down because that's what's going to lead to weight gain as we age, we need to replace that muscle loss that occurs with a natural aging process. And what our clients also learn is that when you eat carbohydrates, they get stored in your muscles. That is your storage tank. So if every year that tank is getting smaller and smaller, but you are not minimizing your carbohydrate intake, you're going to get fatter and fatter and fatter eating the same amount of carbs that you were able once able to eat in your 20s without weight gain. So weight-resistant activity is key to our clients' long-term success. But our reliance on cardio has not produced a thinner nation. You cannot outrun or outspin um, poor eating habits. And we tend to overestimate how much we've burned. All the fit bits, there's a story in the Today Show last week um, that they had the reporter wearing six different kinds of these um, exercise monitors, and they were all incorrect. They all had variables 100 calories off from each other. Um, so we tend to overestimate what we're burning, and then we have the sense of entitlement. Oh, well, I burned all this, therefore I'm allowed to eat all this. And then we underestimate our caloric intake. Um, and therefore, exercise... Um, can really impede people's progress with weight loss. I know that sounds nuts, but think about all these people you know who are working out. Go to the gym. Look at how many people there um, you know, don't have ideal bodies, and you're wondering, what are they eating when they leave here? Because, as I said, exercise, while it's important for weight management, for, for maintaining muscle mass, it has almost very little implications on weight loss. And I could probably talk about that for an extra hour. I'm sure some listeners want to challenge me on it. And I wish I could speak to them more because there is so much scientific evidence that supports what I'm saying. And it really comes down to even on um, the mathematical equation of you can only um, pretty much burn 500 calories a day if you're working out for an hour a day. And that's intensely. That equals one pound of weight loss in a week. Most people don't even work out for an hour intensely um, seven days a week because we don't have the time. It's time prohibitive. Um, therefore, we're working out three times a week. So what's that, half a pound? My clients I, are losing anywhere from two, two to three pounds in a week without even stepping in the gym. You know, I totally agree with you. I'm on totally the same page. You know, people think that they're going to work out their way. And I'm like, no, 90% of it is food because, first of all, yeah, we're it's, starving. It's higher, Lisa. It really yeah. is. And you think so? Exercise, like 95%? Like all cardio, it actually stimulates our appetite. So now right. say you're going to follow a low-calorie diet and you're going to think you're going to speed it up by exercising more. It's why you, it's why you fall off the, bat, you know, the wagon in the first day because it's almost impossible. You're setting yourself up for failure. And when people say, well, look at the biggest loser, Tanya, I'm like, well, that's the point. You know, they're, they're exercising for five, six hours a day. And then you wonder why 90% of the participants gain the weight back when they return home. Because what individual who, you know, who has a job or a family has five hours a day to work out. So, you know, when you create weight loss in an incubated setting, in an unrealistic setting, we cannot expect that to produce sustainable weight loss. Temporary habits, temporary weight loss. Permanent lifestyle changes, permanent weight loss. And what's so great about what I do, Lisa, is because I'm working with patients in their real-life settings. My clients are dealing with their careers and their families and, and, their, and their stresses of life, whether it's, you know, travel or friends or um, their obligations. My clients are learning how to navigate their lives while still eating in a way that is supporting their goals to be healthier and to look and feel better. That's amazing. I mean, it's just so refreshing, you know, to hear that, that you can go out and live your life and be happy and still be eating healthy food and losing weight. And I know, you know, I work with so many women in their 40s and 50s and even 60s. And it's, you know, it's hard. It gets harder and harder. To lose that it, it weight. Sure does. So. I, mean, I have all these women, you know, in my private practice, and they're all coming in feeling frustrated. Many of them are starving. They're not eating enough. They can't understand why they're not losing weight. They tried so many gimmicky diets. They're not eating carbs. They're not drinking alcohol, and they're miserable. 
And we provide a solution that is so liberating. Our clients are eating breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner. It's a ton of food. They're able to go to any restaurant for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, they can have cocktails every single night. And I know that sounds wild, but there are studies that support that women who drink one to two glasses um, per evening actually have lower B- um, BMIs than people who don't at all. Because what happens when we don't drink? We think, oh, we saved those calories. I want to eat more of other things. And whether it's more of my protein or, you know, maybe a bite or two of dessert, a glass of wine is 80 calories. A roll with butter is 360 calories. Women wow. Wait, and men repeat in that. France repeat and in that. Italy. Let <laughs> me say that again. I a said, glass of wine that. is 80 calories. A roll with butter, you know, when you get a piece of bread with your dinner and you put some butter on it, that's 360 calories. So, ladies, enjoy your wine. Same with, you know, men, your spirits, vodka, tequila, scotch, bourbon. They're 80 calories for an ounce. So even if you have two or three in an evening, so that's 240 calories. The F-factor diet is so low in calories. Once again, you're not aware of it because the fiber is keeping you feeling so full. We allow for you to have that many cocktails and still lose weight. So I think that's why people love the program so much because, look, I know I'm saying things in just a way that sounds disruptive, but my background is extremely clinical, and so are all the dietitians who work for me. We studied anatomy, physiology, inorganic chem, organic chem, biochem. You know, I completed a residency at NYU. My rotations were oncology and renal and ICU. My background is highly clinical, yet I figured out how to take the science and deliver that message in layman's terms in a way that feels liberating and empowers the clients to make the right decisions without ever sacrificing their lifestyles. I love when my clients are out at restaurants in New York City and they take photos of their meals and send it to me because that's the joy of it. They, they say that they're not suffering to be their best. So how can people learn more about, you know, the effector diet? And what would you recommend as a great way to get started? Should they just go run by the book? What's What do you sure. recommend? I would say, you know, if they want more information, go to the website first and read about um, me and the other dietitians and the practice. Um, we have some really great educational videos about fiber that are so fun. They're, they're two-minute cartoons, um, a great way to understand all the benefits of fiber, how it boosts metabolism and, and aids in weight loss. Um, and once you sort of get past the introduction to F-Factor, there's an opportunity to buy the book. So if you want to get started immediately, you can pick up the books. And if you want to set up an appointment with a dietitian, we have clients all over the world. You do not need to be in New York City and visit us you know, in person. I have clients I've never met in person, and I've worked with them solely through Skype or through FaceTime. So if you want to meet with me or with one of the dietitians, um, as I said, all this information is available on our website, which is www factor.com um, and then of course you can follow us on social media um, I have my own account which is Tanya Zuckerbrot and then F Factor has its own Instagram account of course follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well we're constantly posting tips tons and tons of high fiber low carb recipes um, and we, we talk about studies and it's, it's really a fun way of interacting with our clients and keeping them excited um, and inspired Awesome, awesome. And we have about two minutes left before the break. Can you maybe just share a couple tips to keep in mind on Thanksgiving for the listeners? Yes. So Thanksgiving averages anywhere from 3,000 to 4,500 calories for one dinner. That is the average Thanksgiving meal. So it begins by your listeners understanding, first of all, we can talk about how to do Thanksgiving better, but it's one meal. It's not a holla week. It's a holiday. It's not even a full day. It's a holla night. So don't think about the holidays as this opportunity to just so, you know, throw all caution to the wind and eat whatever you want. So ways that you can enjoy Thanksgiving. Fill your plate up with white turkey. It is one of the leanest sources of protein available to us. For every slice, it's a measly 35 calories. So you, in essence, could have 10 slices 10 ounces for around 300 calories. Um, Other things that you should fill up on are all the vegetables. This is a great opportunity to roast Brussels sprouts. Even a little bit of bacon is okay. F-Factor is not a no-fat diet. It's a low-fat diet. You can saute some string beans and, and fill your plate up mostly with protein and vegetables. And what I say is if you are craving stuffing or sweet potatoes or mashed potatoes, this is where you should leave the bottom of your plate looking like a peace sign. So if we were to create a peace sign, I say on the biggest side of the peace sign, on the left side, that should be your protein. Fan out all your turkey. You know, you're going to have some steak or some brisket, but one-third of that should be your protein. On the other side, all your vegetables. 
So if we were to take a peace line states, 35%, 35%, and that little bottom, which is probably less than 30%, that's where you can put your starches, whether it's a little cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, or stuffing, but probably wouldn't be more than a few bites. But this way you could say that you had the flavor of it, but that most of your plate is filled with the lower calorie, um, more filling options like the turkey and the vegetables. And Tanya, when it comes to sorry, sorry, we're going to go to break, sure. but I want to thank you so <laughs> much course. for being on the show today. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I have a million more questions, but uh, I, I can't thank you enough. And well, thank you for having have me. I'd back, back anytime to answer any more questions. Thanks. Stay tuned. After the break, I'm going to be speaking with best-selling cookbook author Terry Walters. Be back shortly. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's HealthyHappyAndHip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. Feel like sending an email instead? Send it to Lisa at healthyhappyandhip.com. Now, back to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Here again is Lisa Lutan. Welcome back to the show. My next guest is Terry Walters. Terry is at the forefront of the clean eating lifestyle movement and is dedicated to sharing her knowledge and passion to eat clean and live well. Her work inspires and empowers us to make positive changes for our health and the health of our environment. She's the author of two best-selling cookbooks, Clean Food and Clean Start, and is a James Beard Foundation Award finalist and recipient, excuse me, recipient of the Nautilus Gold and Silver Book Awards. Terry, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. It's good to be here. Great to have you. Terry, I always start every interview with my five ask every guest questions. So here we go. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast today? Oh, I had the um, black lentil soup with cacao, raw cacao powder and apple cider vinegar, which was left over from a class I taught last night. So brand new recipe, and I put a big um, scoop of ghee on it, and that was my breakfast. Wow, I have not heard that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I kind awesome. of figured. <laughs> no. What is your favorite form of exercise? Well, um, I'm a runner, and I, it's funny because I don't think of it as um, my physical exercise as much as my uh, mental exercise. It's you know what clears my mind, and I do my best thinking when I'm out and uh, helps me stay in balance and focused and connected, and so I'm not really sure where I'd be without that. What is a habit that you're either trying to break or add? Wow, that's a good one. I... Um, I'm not sure that there are any I'm trying to break right now, but that changes by season because some seasons are easier for my constitution to be in balance, so I'm moving into my good season, you know, moving into those fall vegetables and fruits, and this weather works for me, whereas, you know, in the summer, I don't, I don't regulate with the heat so well, and um, I struggle, and the raw foods 
don't fuel me quite as well. They're almost too cleansing. Uh, so right now, no, no habits that I'm trying to break. Um, and add, I think, is just the ongoing challenge of suspending judgments about myself, um, my food, the, you know, the shoulds, getting rid of the shoulds and just living in the moment and making the choices that work for you and honoring those choices. Uh, that, that is the ongoing challenge for me. Amen to that. How do you spend the first hour of your day? Um, uh, you know, it uh, depends on the day, but more often than not, I'm up uh, at 5.45, uh, throwing on some running clothes, um, taking one of the, a bite of um, a homemade bar that I'm prob- I've probably got in the refrigerator and running out the door to uh, meet my running partner. So that, that is my first hour of the day. Sometimes I feel like um, I'm, I'm barely even awake until I'm halfway through the run. <laughs> and on the days that I don't uh, do the run first, I'm up and, and taking care of family and kids and getting them out the door. So, um, you know, for all those proponents who say, you know, wake up and spend five minutes breathing and a little stretching, um, yeah, I don't do any of that. <laughs> Reality <laughs> is more my, my MO, and uh, it's, it's family. And then once they're all taken care of, that's when uh, I get to take care of myself. And who is someone in your life that truly inspires you? Oh, goodness. Um, Well, there are a lot of people in my life that truly inspire me. I think um, first and foremost, I would have to say my daughters um, are just amazing to me and um, very much engaged and uh, learning about themselves and open and, um, you know, just really beautiful and graceful, and that's a, a lesson of all that we unlearn <laughs> and, um, and the goal to embrace it. And, uh, and my mom, who is really who I started this whole clean food journey with, trying to figure out um, if, you know, food is, is meant to heal, what are the foods that are going to heal us and keep us healthy and connected and real um, and afford us to live well. And so, you know, those women in my life are, are kind of my world. I love that. And that's a beautiful segue because I wanted to ask you, how did you get started with the clean eating movement and being well, a cookbook author? Yep. Every, you know, everything comes full circle, right? So I just sent my daughter off to school and the uh, first year and a half, we've spent a lot of time figuring out how are you going to eat well in school in a dorm room? And that is really where I started. I um, knew when I was 20 years old that um, I learned I had excessively high cholesterol and I knew I wasn't uh, interested in being on medication for the rest of my life nor was I going to be empowered to really do anything significantly about it, eating dining hall food. And um, back in that day, the options have certainly changed at many places today. And I moved off campus and started uh, teaching myself how to cook. And, um, you know, upon healing myself, then I I had children who uh, required um, healing and we used food to figure out, you know, what what they needed um, to address sometimes physical symptoms, sometimes emotional and behavioral, and um, and as I was doing that, people really started paying attention. You know, you know, half the time it was, ooh, that's interesting. They don't eat what, or they do eat what, <laughs> and the other half of the time it was do you think you could show me that and explain why you're doing it? So I started teaching cooking classes and uh, discovered a whole community of people interested in the same journey. Um, And um, a few years in, they kept saying, could you please find your recipes? And so I self-published Clean Food, um, really looking to give back to these men and women who had really kept me on my path and supported me. Um, and that was in 2007 was the first edition of Clean Food. And, and you know, soon thereafter it was picked up. And now I'm uh, sitting at my desk in my office working on book four. So um, it has been quite a journey. Wow. Like there were like 50 things in what you just said that I want to ask you about. <laughs> so first of all, I'm I'm so happy to hear and intrigued, you know, that 
you look for clues in the food. And I don't think people realize that so many of our ailments and things that aren't going right can be food related. Wouldn't you agree with that? My, you know, everyone always says when I was growing up, you are what you eat, right? <laughs> and my mother used to say the same thing, but she used to follow up by saying, what else could you be? And the truth is, there, there's not a lot that we bring into our body. There's the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food that we eat, and then, of course, there's the environment that we move through, and, those, and, and what we put on our skin. And those um, are all pieces of the puzzle. And so, absolutely, like, it, you know, is there such thing as a perfect diet? I don't really think that there is. I think there are as many diets as there are individuals. But what I do know to be true is that when you eat food that actually fuels you, that doesn't create inflammation and imbalance and disease. When you, when you eat the foods that work for your body and you kind of clean away that internal clutter, it allows you to listen to what's working and what's not working for your body and hone in on that diet that is suited for your unique constitution and to sustain your good health. I love that. And I want to share with listeners how I met Terry because it's kind of cool. So I reached out <laughs> I reached out to Terry when I was uh, coming out with my book and Terry endorsed my book and I was very grateful. And after talking to her, I felt like she could be my new best friend. And so I signed up and I did one of her cooking classes over Skype. And I've been making some of her recipes. In fact, you don't know this, Terry, but you gave me that tempeh salad recipe, which has become mm-hmm. a staple in my house. And I also use it for tuna or chicken salad, like all the time. And everyone comes over and loves it. So That's I'm a, a huge, huge fan. Thank um, you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, you know, you sent a daughter off to school, you just mentioned before. And I believe, you know, you wrote some things on your website about tips for kids going off to school. Do you want to share anything? What would be some oh, good tips? To. I'd love to, and um, you know, it, it, there is a whole blog on my website, so I will try to, um, which is at just terrywalters.net, and um, it's easy to find, and uh, so I'll talk about kind of what I didn't say on the website, which is that approaching nutrition in college, uh, kind of like I said before, it's not about how to have the best diet or necessarily even a good diet. It's how to identify where there are gaps in your nutrition. And, um, and that's really the best place to start. So if you look at what you're eating, the colors and the taste, so, you know, and what are you missing? So there are five tastes, sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and pungent, and all the colors of the rainbow. And use what's in, what you can keep in your room, because that's usually not a lot, to fill in those gaps. That, for most people, is the best place to start. And I know for my daughter, about the only appliance we could figure out that she was actually legally able to have in her room was a small blender. And so um, she has a, you know, a Nutribullet or, or one of those styles blenders. And she can make in that, um, she can use all sorts of superfoods, nuts and seeds, and make her own um, energy bars and protein bites. Um, she can put, you know, um, adaptogens like maca powder and complete proteins like hemp seed and, you know, things that are high in zinc like pumpkin seeds and use natural sweeteners and, um, and really create things that can be a great snack, long-lasting energy, super clean, um, without having to go to a package that's full of artificial ingredients. So, you know, looking to fill in, she can use that same blender to make a smoothie. So another great, as I call it, like a dumping ground for all the foods you're not getting, right? So she keeps little containers of coconut water, and um, she'll have avocados, and maybe she'll pick up um, some greens, um, or some coconut milk and a banana. Like there are lots of things that she can throw in there and get super nutrition packed into one quick and easy smoothie that she can prepare in her room. Um, so for me, it, it's really less about um, giving our kids recipes and foods that they can eat and more about teaching them how to look at the big picture of the nutrition that they're getting and then fill in. We also taught a lot of um, bowls, which, you know, if you have a ball jar in your room and a can of beans, you can 
eat like a king or a queen. You know, you open up a can of beans and drain them in the sink, and you can put them in a ball jar and chop up some an avocado and a cucumber and have a little bottle of hot sauce. And, um, you know, you can add just about anything to that, um, a little salsa, things that uh, you can even buy prepared and complement it with a little bit of fresh food. And you have a really well-balanced meal that didn't require even a kitchen at all. It required a can opener and a jar to put it all in. So lots of ways of kind of thinking outside of the box, and I like to call it deconstructing you know, a recipe. So you take apart the pieces of the recipe and you put them back together, however you can do it, into a jar that you can then take to the library with you. My youngest, even in high school, uh, I'll make a pot of quinoa in the beginning of the week, and she'll put the quinoa in it and um, chop up some vegetables. And if we had roasted vegetables, she'll add those. Or if we had sautéed greens the night before, she adds those. And some pumpkin seeds, and she likes to put some currants in it. And she drizzles a little olive oil and then my you know, sweet, sinful indulgence, umi plum vinegar. She um, puts that in the bottle and seals the top. And when she gets to school and it's time to eat lunch, she shakes it all up. And she has this amazing lunch. And honestly, Terry, God for the, uh, we're, the ball we're coming jar, to the end of this cool. show, and I just want you to make sure you let people know how to reach you and, and your website and Instagram, anything else that you're using right now. Yeah, um, Instagram is Terry Walters Cooks, and the website is terrywalters.net. If you look up clean food on Facebook or even on the internet, um, you can find me anywhere, and terrywalters.net will also get you to my blog, classes, events. Um, I have an upcoming program at Copper Beach Institute here in Connecticut that's an immersion to clean food, and you can find all that through terrywalters.net. Terry, thank you so much. I feel like we were just getting started. I definitely would love to have you back on the show again. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Likewise. Have a great thank holiday. You. Have a great Thanksgiving. And thank you, listeners. It's Lisa Lutan. If you have any questions or feedback on the show, please visit my website, healthyhappyandhip.com. While you're there, sign up for my newsletter drop me a note. I would love to hear from you. And I'm wishing you all a very, very, very happy, healthy, and hip Thanksgiving. Thanks. Take care. you've enjoyed today's episode on busy stressed and food obsessed did you get some great ideas from today's show join lisa lutan again next thursday at 9 a.m pacific time and 12 noon eastern time on the voice america health and wellness channel have a great week